We're averaging four to six new clients a day. I couldn't do that on my own. Welcome back to Ratchet and Rinse Radio, strategies and inspiration for auto care success. I'm your host, Chris Jones, and today I'm joined by not one, but two guests. I'm joined by Andrew Knudsen, Vice President of Coventry Motors, and I'm also joined by Dan Vance, the founder of Advanced Local. Now, you may or may not recall, but Dan and Andrew were both featured in our case study from the December 2022 issue in a story called How I Invested in Digital Marketing, uh, where Dan helped Andrew get found on Google and generate more qualified leads that turned into customers for him. So we decided to bring the two of them on to talk about how that worked and what it's done for business for Andrew's shop. So here they are. Well, welcome to Ratchet and Rich Radio, Andrew and Dan. Thank you. Yeah, so for our listeners who may not recall, we featured Andrew and his shop Coventry Motors located in Huntington Station, New York in the December 2022 issue of Ratchet and Wrench. Uh, part of his story was the work he did with Dan Vance of Advanced Local. So Andrew, prior to working with Dan, how were you doing digital marketing? My digital marketing basically consumed of just using Kikui. And then when I had signed on with Cecil over at the Institute, I had kind of basically told him what I was doing. He's like, all right, well, you know, there's no, there's nothing wrong with trying different avenues. And then he had put me in touch with Tom Lambert from Shade Tree Automotive. And I was talking to Dan, uh, Tom about doing some geofencing. And he goes, then give Dan over advanced local call. He goes, he's, he's the guy. And I'm like, all right, cool. So then I kind of got in touch with Dan and I started talking, tell him what I wanted to do. And he goes, okay, I can definitely help you with that. And you know, he did some geofencing in the beginning for me. And then I was telling him that, you know, I don't know if my website is really doing a great job. And then he goes, well, let's do a performance check on it. And then he broke it down with like a health check of the website. And he showed me where the website was lacking, what improvements could be done, what improvements should be done. And then I kind of just said, you know what, Dan, let's go ahead and do it. So that's how we got started with that. So prior to getting the recommendation from you know their sources, how long were you tinkering around with your own marketing before you kind of threw your hands up? Five years. All right. And Dan, talk to me about the day that Andrew called you for help. Like, What, what was that interaction like for you? Well, his, his call and his conversation is like calls that we get a lot of. And it's really like, I'm kind of stuck. I'm a little confused. And I just want some clarity. And that's really where he was at. So he did have a specific thing. He was interested in some geo-targeting, some mobile advertising, which was fine. Um, but as we worked with him and built relationship with him over that work and talking about other things, the clarity for him opened up where he's like, I, I really think we could be doing much better. So that's, that's really kind of the genesis of his call and what we see with others is in the marketplace. There just seems to be a lot of like, where am I really? How are things really going? Yeah, and so when you get these sorts of calls from shops looking for help with the digital marketing, like how do you analyze their need initially? Like what do you do? What's your process? Well, I'm definitely interested in what they have to say, like, you know, trying to really have a good sense of what their needs are. They'll speak to that. They'll, they'll maybe not say it directly like, hey, I just, need more revenue for my company, but they'll say, we don't, you know, I have technicians that aren't busy. I, I need to keep my techs busy. 
or you know we need more vehicles or we have we have this array of customers that really are not our kind of customer how do we how do we find more of our kind of customer so once i know what their needs are once we've had a chance to kind of really get a sense of the thing that's at the root of where they're coming from what's pushing them to think about changing or doing something different then I can do an audit. There's lots of audit tools. There's lots of ways to kind of check performance in digital marketing, but it's like anything else. If you don't know, like, hey, I'm looking for specific performance. What are we really doing here? Then it's harder. It's harder to help them reach their goals. So once I know the need, I can do an audit. I can look at all kinds of things like website performance, how fast it loads, does it have good components on there to help Google understand the services that they provide, what type of client they want to have, those type. So on audits, really where we always start after knowing what their needs are. All right. And Andrew, in the case study, you know, you said you turned over the reins of the Coventry site, Coventry site to Dan. What were his first actions to help you once you gave him kind of control of your digital properties? One of the first things he did... Um was helping Cresser increase our uh, SEO um, by re, you know changing the website, the flow around. And he had made some points about how the website wasn't loading fast enough and some other items like that. So he kind of went and built his own website for Coventry Motors and then presented to me. We're like, yeah, this looks good. And then we, we launched that. Um, and that kind of just helped start started increasing our SEO and getting us noticed more. And ever since we signed on with him, I mean, it's just been an uphill climb. I, I got, I got no complaints whatsoever. And Dan, what are some of the common shortfalls you see with auto repair webshops when you analyze them and start to work inside of their, um, inside of them? It really boils down to the essence of where are my customers going when they're looking for what I do, and you know, what does that behavior really look like? What is that user really doing? And in the technical term, you know, we're, we're talking about urgent services too, where most people aren't thinking driving down the road, like, you know, I really love my car. What can I do to keep the maintenance levels up and other things related to that. But when that check engine light comes on, I got to get this thing. I got to have somebody look at this. So there's an urgency thing where probably a lot of shops don't necessarily start with the user. Like what's that user experience look like when they're ready to get the kind of services that we provide? Where are they at? And where do they go to find us? And what kind of things are they looking for when they find us? And so in that vein, like what were some of the things that you did to you know, enhance the user experience for the Coventry website? Yeah. So a lot of that uh, Andrew was already doing, he's already taking care of his customers. They're leaving him good reviews. Um, what we did is we kind of took the, like the information that's in the reviews and we built content that we published to Google that says, you know, people love Coventry Motors and we highlight some of the things that his customers were already saying about him. That was a way to kind of help Google understand oh, this is his kind of client. This is why they like him. This is why they love him. It's highlighted in content. And that, that helps with the ranking factor. The big thing for Andrew and other shops like them is just showing up in that Google search place where people want to take action. And 
a lot of it really is in like the Google Maps piece. So we enhance that. We build a profile that represents good pictures, shows the facility, uh, has pictures of families and awards. And we take, uh, you know, other elements that help them like those reviews and we do content around their reviews or content around services, take pictures of vehicles they're working on. Those are the kind of like the, how do we break this down to position them better to meet that user halfway? We give those feedbacks, not only to Google, but also for that consumer. All right. And so Andrew, you said in the, in the story, you know, Dan sent a list of keywords that brought good rankings and he asked if you wanted to add some more and you changed oil service to oil change. You know, you talked about having certified mechanics. Uh, how did retargeting with proper keywords change the quality of your traffic and your online inquiries? I'm sorry. I, I hate to correct you, but it was, it was changing oil change to oil service. Um, it, it changes a lot. You know, it, it, it really enhances the experience of the person I would say, and their search. It also helps, separate certain clientele from another. Um, the person who might just be looking for an oil change might not be my clientele. They might be because they don't know the right questions to ask, or they don't really understand what the difference between an oil change and an oil service is. To me, if you want an oil change, that's basically just changing the oil, putting a new filter on, filling it up with oil and out the door you go. An oil service is really what my clients really want, which is someone who's going to take responsibility for the vehicle, take ownership of the vehicle and say, hey, if I wanted to drive to Miami, I would do it in this car or I would not do it in this car. This is what needs to be done so that you can have a safe vehicle. Um, but, you know, changing a couple of those keywords for me just kind of helps say, hey, this is the clientele I want and these, this, is what I, this is how I want them to think and this is what I want them to be, the questions they want to be asking and, you know, things like that. Dan, why does proper keywording matter? Well, again, that comes back to the user. And users, they kind of get into this uh, behavior and they'll do certain things and they don't like to change. So, you know, for example, people still do a lot of searches for the word tune up, but auto shops aren't really doing tune ups anymore. But you want to rank for that because that's a behavior use. People are still looking for some kind of local business that provides a service in their mind related to kind of some kind of like tune up. So we look at, we look at keywords that have high use. That means there's a lot of like acceptance among users that this is a common search. It's easy to find what I'm looking for and that the search engine knows enough to help me identify a local business to work with. Some keywords like, you know, if you get super tricky and you try to look for weird anomalies, um, it doesn't work out as well because people's behaviors don't match that. Okay. Now you talked about two types of digital ads, right? You talked about programmatic and Google. Can you tell us yeah. about each type and how they work? Yeah. So Google ads are going to be those ads that show up when somebody uses a search engine. They're also known as um, PPC or search engine marketing. And it's just about being found in better positions on the search result page. So I do a search for auto repair near me and I want to be as close to that top as possible because the reality is, is as users, we just want it to be as simple as possible. So we don't necessarily want to scroll through the whole page to find different solutions and do research. 
we usually just select the first couple. And that's where those ads are really powerful. And they match that intent. I got to get my car fixed today. I just have to deal with this today. I'm on search engine. I'm looking for somebody that does this. I see an ad. It matches what I'm looking for. I click that thing. I'm calling that business. The programmatic, programmatic's getting to be kind of like an older brandish type of name, but it still reflects like this different type of marketing, and it's built around branding. I want people to know my brand, so when they go on looking for services, they're going to be like, hey, I know Coventry Motors. Uh, they're just down the street. I like those guys. I want to call them. I'm calling them. And so that branding is how that works, and you can deliver you can deliver ads through mobile devices as a creative, a little picture that shows up on somebody's mobile phone within a zip code, certain addresses. It has an image and a specific message. If you wanted to, you could say, hey, I just want to reach people that have a certain type of income, um, you know, live in a specific area and drives a certain type of car. So they can be really specific. They use uh, AI technology that helps identify and filter out people that you don't want versus the people you do want to advertise to. And that can be done with television streaming as well as website retargeting. Shoot, there's even the kind of ad that if somebody does a search on Google um, and it triggers one of yours, it will start to, that ad will start to follow them across the internet. So there's all kinds of ways to use AI technology to kind of get after your type of customer and build your brand with them. Um, versus like Google ad is, I got to find somebody right now. I'm on search. There they are. I'm clicking that ad and I'm, I'm calling these guys. Andrew, for shop owners who have been tinkering and trying to figure out digital marketing and maybe they're frustrated with doing it, what have been some of the benefits for you in just turning over your work and saying, you know what, I'm going to give my, my work to a pro to do so that I don't have to focus on that. I can get back to doing what's important to the shop. Uh, that's a good question. You know, because shop, shops ask me all around because I'm one of the only shops right now that are busy in my area versus some of the shops that um, that are they have guys that are older than me running the shop. And they, they ask me now, you know, what am I doing? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm advertising and I don't know off the top of my head what my budget is. Um, but we're sending a, a decent amount of money on advertising. Um, <clears throat> but the main thing that, I, you know, that I would say is, you know, definitely just reaching out to somebody like Dan or some of the other companies. One of the other companies I, that I reached out to before Dan was uh, Turnkey Marketing. You know, there's nothing wrong with that in relinquishing control. For me, when I first was contemplating on, on, on relinquishing all control, I was talking with Cecil, Cecil and Kent over at the Institute. And actually, Kent was the one who was like, you're a mechanic, or now you're a service writer. He's, and he said to me, he goes, let Dan or a marketing company do what they do best. He goes, you're probably a great mechanic underneath the hood. He's like, but let them show you what they can do with your business and how they can grow it. And um, it was really, you know, that that kind of just said, you know what, let's let him let's let him run and play with this and see what he can really do. And like I said, once he started doing it, I was like and I and the phone started ringing off the hook with with quality clients that really wanted to spend money. I was like, this is amazing. I mean, we're averaging four to six new clients a day. I couldn't do that on my own. I mean. Just just uh, responding to their reviews, <laughs> it takes me a good part of my morning. You know, it's one of the first things I try to do in the morning, but sometimes it gets pushed aside when I have, you know, things that need to be estimated or 
you know, cars that needed to be moved around or something like that. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where once you make the jump to just let someone else take control, you don't look back. And there's times where, you know, I say to Dan, like, Dan, like, like, well, I'll reach out to him. Like, Dan, just do what you would do best. <laughs> and he just goes and does it, you know? So. Yeah. You know, one of the attitudes, the prevailing attitudes of any business that you come across uh, is that, you know, well, I, I just rely on word of mouth. Word of mouth is good enough. It keeps me busy. I don't need the digital space. Like, what do you, like, when, when someone comes to you and says that and you and you've got the proof and the pudding like what do you say to them about just the value of digital versus just i mean not even versus but just adding that to what they get in word of mouth well that's that's a, that's a great question because you know my father did word of mouth when he first started the business 23 years ago and that was a great avenue but nowadays you know people want to see the pictures on google um i i do it now um i had to uh I had to find a new glass company and I found a glass company that was a lot closer to me. And I went on Google and they had really nice pictures on their, on their Google page. And I was like, Hey, you know, they got some nice cars. Everybody was dressed in nice clothes. And I was like, let's try these guys out. And then, you know, it turns out it was a great, it's been a great company. I haven't had any problems with them, but that all started with a couple pictures on their Google page that I was like, all right, this is not just some, you know, guys in a van in the back of a warehouse. This was a, a, you know, a, a good business. It had a nice little waiting room. I mean, I rely a lot on that, on that stuff. I mean, I think the word of the mouth marketing is kind of starting to taper off and uh, you know, it's, all, it's all digital now. It's, you know, people want to see the, the, the couple second clips on Instagram or Facebook that we do. They want to see pictures, you know, Dan always tells me you got to try to keep, you know, stay in front of everybody, you know, in front of them all the time. And that's what we try to do. Now, one of the big detractors is people get caught up on price. They're like, well, it's so expensive to do things online and blah, blah, blah. Dan, you know, when you're confronted with price, you know, how do you show owners the value of a strong digital presence and its return on investment? Well, if I may, I just want to add one little point to what Andrew was saying there about word of mouth. And millennials, which are not so young anymore, they there's been a lot of studies on this, but they know that if you tell a millennial, Hey, I know this guy over at this auto shop, his name is so-and-so here's his phone number. Give him a call. The behavior of the millennial is, is they'll take that information and then they'll do a Google search. So even, even when they have strong recommendations, they still turn to the internet now me, I'm I'm not of that generation. I'm a little bit older, and my use is different. Like if somebody said, "Hey, call so and so," I'd just call them. Like I wouldn't want to go online and look at reviews and pictures and those other things. But this different generation, this generational change, is affecting how people engage, and that's why word of mouth is changing in my mind. Prices price is interesting because. You know, what What really is value? What's my dollar value worth? And, you know, if you spend a couple grand a month to bring in new customers, um, you, you know, let's let's say you get five new customers and between all of them, they spend $1,000 with you. And you'd be like, I, I didn't make money. I spent two grand. I made a grand. Why am I doing this? But that's a that's a wrong way to look at a model. A model should be like, I've acquired something new here. And if I nurture that and grow that and build trust with them, they'll keep coming back. They'll spend money with me. So I make an investment. 
and maybe I spend $500 for that new client. I'm just making these numbers up. $500 for that new client. But over the lifetime of that client, they're going to spend 25 grand with me. That's a solid investment. So that's really how you kind of, as a marketer, as a, as a shop owner, you should be thinking about what's, what's my potential ROI on this account? What if, you know, if I get this new client and I work with them and I have a lifetime expectancy of five years or 10 years before something happens or attrition or whatever, how much am I potentially going to make? And that helps them see that every penny they put into that right now that brings them a new person is 10 times, five times or 10 times, or maybe even 15 times more than the dollar that they spend. So it's a realization of what the money actually becomes through a relationship and doing service with the new customer over time. You know, the return on investment, it, it for us, I noticed it within the first week or so. Um, and again, it's all about... This all, this all goes back to, you know, having the right keywords so that the right customer comes in and, and spends money with you. And then again, that all, you know, that goes, follows into your processes, you know, a proper DVI, making sure that, you know, you're spending the right time with the client and you're, you know, you're getting a, a decent sale out of each client. But I'm getting, like I said, I'm getting between three to four, maybe three to six new clients a month that I never met before. And some of my clients, you know, we, I think we've been, I've been with Dan about a year and a half, maybe two years now almost. And I'm already starting to see these clients come back three or four times, multiple vehicles. One of the new clients that I got last year, who I really didn't think was going to turn out to be a great client has already recommended two, two to three more people. So maybe that first client didn't spend a lot with me, but the second two spent quite a bit. It's one of those things where you have to look at it over a period of time. When I look at my P&L and I say, okay, for my the past three months, I had X amount of dollars in marketing expense, but my new I, I brought in, let's just say, 15 new customers, and I take those 15 customers, and I look at their invoices or their, their, spend, you know, their spending, it exceeds the amount of money I've spent with Dan and Advanced Local. Well, any, any closing remarks from either one of you guys you know, in terms of just anything you want to give in terms of advice for shop owners for who may want to start with digital marketing or who may want to explore that now that they've heard this episode? I mean, I'll go first if you don't mind. And I would say, I would say jump into the pool. Stop trying to do it yourself. Stop having your neighbor or your daughter or your son do it because that's what some of the shops in my area do. And it's fine. It, you know, it gets you into, it gets you into the pool, but you know, a little bit, but let's, you know, let's be real. I mean, you know, it's what I said before. We're mechanics or we're service writers or we're business owners. We're not, we're not marketers. We're not advertisers. Let these guys take over and really take your business to the next level. If that's where you really want to go, you know, there's really, and, it, and Dan always said, if it doesn't work out, you could always just say, no, nah, I don't want to do this anymore and walk away. It's, you're not tied to one person forever. But well, we kind of hope you stick around, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, and I, I think this is a closing remark is, is that it used to be we used to have a lot more advertising outlets. You know, we could do phone books or newspapers or, you know, things like even having a sign at the baseball park was something that would, you know, bring people into your shop. But today we live in a world that's all digital. And so I know a lot of shops really struggle with, like, how does this digital thing really even work? And so... You know, I think having a trusted partner that helps you navigate that has got to be a big piece of 
your overall marketing strategy moving forward and kind of letting go of things that maybe you've done in the past and uh, really kind of like what Andrew says, just hopping in and going for it because that's where all the opportunities are for sure. All right. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. And my best on all your endeavors. Thank you. And that's going to do it for us here today at Ratchet and Wrench Radio. Uh, I'd like to invite you to follow us on our social media channels on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as subscribe to our email newsletter, which goes out daily. Uh, and you can find that at ratchetandwrench.com. And that's R-A-T-C-H-E-T-A-N-D-W-R-E-N-C-H.com. And may the rest of your day be the best of your day. And we'll see you next week.